A, no, B, that sounds like I'd love that. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'll uh, try to send you a link. It was on Showtime for a while. Hmm. So, like, yeah, there was, uh, he might have had um, Jerry Butler on one, too. Jerry Butler. And let's start the show. For those who do not know, the biggest wrestling spectacular, names from all over the country, Former champions, I've never seen anything like it. Eddie Graham, Florida Promotion, Vern Gagne, Superstar Billy Graham, Road Warriors, Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis, Tennessee, Bill Watts, Jerry Jarrett, Dory Funk, Harley Race, uh, Nick Bockwinkle. This is Cigars in Conversation with Derek St. Holmes, Esquire. Hello and welcome to Cigars and Conversations. Hola brought... y welcome y cigar no, and conversation. No, you can't step over it again. We got we to get these I was, back I was doing No, I was doing the multiple translation like they did for that Southwest, which we need to cover sometime. Gotcha. Um, we have to... Uh, this is, let's get back on the rails here with this. Ready? Hello and welcome to Cigars and Conversations, brought to you by our good friends at All the Gimmicks and iTunes. It doesn't exist anymore. Apple Podcasts. Right? And wherever all podcasts are heard. I think I still have iTunes. Well, I still have iTunes too, but you know what I'm saying. Anyhow, we're back. Listen, let me just go. I'm your co-host, Jay Gilkin. I'm sitting here uh, again with a true raconteur in the world of professional wrestling. This man has shared the ring with a who's who of talent, and it ranges from Jason Dukes to Stumpy. All right? Uh, he's a wrestler, a manager, a commentator, and a trainer who's contributed essays to wrestling publications and who recently got engaged to be married. How cool is that, right? Uh, with 20 years of experience, and I think he dated that girl for 20 years, by the way, but with 20 years of experience, he's a true renaissance man with unlimited knowledge. Whew. Ladies and gentlemen, I am speaking of the one, the only, the in- comparable is that a word incomparable Incomparable. (laughs) i'm just kidding incomparable i haven't read the intro in a long time get off my back we're here with Derek st holmes esquire and kyle is here as well i feel like we need to include him always young kyle yes yes a noted personality young kyle people love this guy yeah yeah do people they don't know kyle do people come up to you ever and say like hey you're kyle uh i have had like two or three people at mondo shows hey young kyle which is super weird. Oh, that's awesome. That's a, you that's, should probably pay us trans then. That's yes, that's true. Yes, uh, but it's great. Like the band's back together. Is that what they? That's what they say, right? Sure. The band is back together, and we're ready. Derek went on a trip. Yes, and, I went uh, on a trip to Mexico. Yes, which where was, life is cheap. Yeah, which was okay. Um, Why was it okay? Well, it was kind of hot and muggy, and it was six days. And I'm good for about four days. And then away you're from done. Home. Yeah. Was it an all-inclusive? Yes. That's pretty awesome. Uh, which I feel gypped on because I don't drink. So oh, yeah. I'm just getting the sodas and everybody else is getting hammered and stupid. Were you getting like hamburgers on the beach? Uh, No, it wasn't on the beach. They had a little kiosk. We spent a lot of time at the adult pool. <laughs> well, which that just meant there was no kids. Like, yeah, right. I was hoping it meant full nudity, but no, it did not. Were there a lot of Cody's there? Did you see Cody's? Oh, the little... No, we didn't see Cody's this time. There was a little... You know um, Cody's, Kyle? Yeah, they're like a big... Like a cross between a cat and a monkey. Yeah. We saw a lot of those last time because we were about 50 miles from where we were last time. 
But this time there were these little uh, groundhog looking things. They look like nutrias or capybaras yeah, right. or whatever. And we had, there was a, uh, whatever they call a group of monkeys that would come and visit the building. Interesting. So and, what, yeah, what do you, you call were... a group of monkeys? Do we know? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not, not sure making a joke. A trope of monkeys? A trope maybe? of monkeys? No, it's not a trope. Or like a herd or a pride or something like that. You know, I don't know. But, a uh, scramble you, you of monkeys. Yeah, you weren't supposed to, like there were signs posted over, do not feed the monkeys. But then they also left you a lot of fruit in your room and you could take it up to the sun porch and... The monkeys I didn't out. touch them because they're all just little parasite-filled monsters. Yeah. How uh, do you ever eat a capybara? I was right. No, it's a trope of monkeys or a troop of monkeys. Troop. Troop. Okay. That's just how you refer to an improv group. Yes. Uh, look at that troop of monkeys. Anyway, it was nice. We got engaged and improv. took nice Ugh. pictures on the beach, and it was all yeah. very good. I tried to get some color in the sun. It was okay. Nice. Where'd you get the razor blade? Hello, <laughs> wrestling. But uh, at the end, it was funny because, like, my lovely girlfriend Angela and the people we were. Can we with, call her fiance. No, because that's very pretentious. Oh my god! Like, we just use that as a joke. No, Seinfeld ruined that for everyone. I don't my know. My fiance never heard of it. Yeah, whatever. Uh, they were all taking selfies with like the desk clerk and the concierge and everything, and I'm standing by the door, going, "Yeah, the the car's here. Let's." Let's get going. Uh, I did enjoy seeing steroids openly for sale over the counter in the drugstores down there. Serious? The pharmacies. Oh, yeah. yeah That's kind of cool. Well, I found out later that they had some available, like testosterone and other medical ones, but for the really good stuff, you had to go behind the... Oh, sure. Yeah. Wow, so that's that kind of cool. wild. Did you find any good um, lucha stuff or any wrestling stuff? Uh, No, every, every place had the usual masks. What does that mean? Oh, well, you know, you just see the... Like the the palm tree of masks at the different oh, sure. stands or whatever. It's like, oh, how much? Like they wanted fifteen bucks for a mask. I'm just like, no fucking way. Yeah, exactly. Forget it. Um, they uh, when I oh, went, I I wanted to get a license plate for my friend the Wanderer Alex Riley. Yes, you know because he collects constantly them. makes his gear, but they wanted to charge me like fifteen bucks for a a, a dead license plate. I'm just like, no, I'll yeah. give you five. Like, oh, no, we can't do that, senior. I'm like, I'm walking away. Forget that. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's like if you paid 10, you know, if you say you're not making money with me giving you five American dollars for it, then you're buying from the wrong people. Right. What uh, What part of Mexico were you in? Uh, the west side, Playa del Carmen. Yeah. Yeah. We were just uh, there two years ago. We're actually headed back in... Um, uh, February. The downtown area is really nice with the H and M and the. Did you go there? Uh, yeah, that's the. No, isn't that Fifth Street? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The we H&M were there. And, uh, we were there, but the funny part was um, having. Yeah, and well, Angela was an old navy. Just wait, Angela went into a Starbucks, and that story comes into play here. As we're walking down the street, and all the vendors are coming out trying to get our attention, I finally had to like physically grab her and move her to the other side because she's like making eye contact and talking with all these people. And yeah, it's the like, worst. Stop! Um, and then she went to Starbucks and got a drink. Course. So now they're going, hey, Angela, I was your waitress. It's like, how do they know my name? It's like, your fucking Starbucks card. What are you it's doing? It's not too late to cancel this wedding. Oh, no, no. I don't want to do that. <laughs> did you go to Coco Bongo? No. Did, did you see Coco Bongo while you were there? Did you see signs for it? Maybe. Remind me to show you pictures. Ladies and gentlemen, look up Coco Bongo. It is an experience 
uh it was like a dance club but it was like with shows going on so at one point like all of mad max fury road showed up and had a fight there was uh, uh there was a little person beetlejuice floating from the ceiling and uh singing a song and then a little person dressed up like the mask floating around um i have all this stuff on my phone i'll show you it's great but coco bongo was amazing I saw nothing like that. When I went to uh, on my honeymoon back in 2001, uh, you couldn't find a lucha mask anywhere. Seriously? It was wow. crazy. Yes. I went, uh, and don't get me wrong, I was in the touristy areas, but you'd think that's where they would have existed. Um, and there was not, and I would say, like, I'd go into these vendors and go, like, ah, oh, look at lucha mask. And they'd be trying to show me, like, these, like, made out of clay Aztec. Oh sure, your man. I'm like, no, sure. I'm looking for lucha, and they, uh, there was nothing in any of the uh, places that we went to, which was pretty surprising. Wow, I think now it's just everywhere. Uh, so yes, I lectured Angela about not. I mean, you can get the same crap everywhere. You don't need to do yeah. this. But then we walked by a store that had T-shirts listed on the outside, and all of them were little. Uh, essentially, what are those big-headed dolls you get? Pops? Pops, yeah. They like were all like, those that are like lining yes, Kyle's house. But they were like I'm sorry, this is a studio. They were images of uh luchadors, wanna... luchadors for Day of the Dead, but done in the pop style. Okay. So I looked at this and looked at her and looked at this and looked at her and said, Everything I told you, just ignore that for right now. So we go into the re- we go into the establishment and I'm like, Oh, this is cool. I got a blue demon and I got a Santo. And then Angela decided, because, you know, the more you got, there was a deal. So she pointed out one, and I didn't know who it was. And I tried to ask the clerk. I'm like, oh, KS and Luchador. Like, which one is that? She just goes, es, uh, es El Santo. And I'm just like, it's not El Santo. I'm holding El Santo in my hand. <laughs> who is that? He, I don't, I don't know. I'm like, fine, you could have just said that. But then I bought the shirt anyway. So Was it one of the conquistadors? No, no, it was, her, it was Huracan Ramirez yeah. Jr. Oh, really? Yes. So, or I, no, just Huracan Ramirez. I don't think it was sure. the junior. But to translate this for our listeners, it would be like if I pointed at a picture of Randy Savage and said, who's that? And the clerk tried to say, oh, it's Hulk Hogan. Right. You know, it's just general luchador. Right. Uh, follow up to this. We're wearing the shirts in the when, when we were coming home. And in the airport, we went to the, um, uh, what's the shrimp restaurant from? Bubba Gump? Yes, we went to the Bubba Gumps there. Because we ate there last well, time in we we Mexico. And, that's what and you it's do. also one of the only places. When you're there. in Mexico, you go to the Bubba Gump. But uh, the waiter came up and he put it down. He's like, oh, I, I like your t-shirts a lot. I'm like, oh, he's like, oh, I'm like, oh, who do you like? El Santo? Or it's like, oh, no, no. I he's like, like the, I love Star Wars. The, the Blue Demon and the Huracan Ramirez. And I started talking to him saying how, oh, yes, I watched this. And I knew El Santo from the movies and everything yeah. like that. He later came back and said, oh, I was talking with the dishwasher about the the white guy out there who knows Lucha. It's like, oh, that's cool. So we gave him some extra money for a tip, but I don't know if he got to take it home. Yeah, that's true. So, oh, and also on the bus trip back from the resort to the airport, I saw uh, painted on one of the retaining walls was uh, like Psycho Clown and advertisements for a Lucha show that was going oh, on neat. in that area. We didn't go there, but I saw that. And the funny part about that is I saw this as I was listening to the podcast that you broke in and recorded in my apartment with the cat. We didn't break in. Yes. There was no signs of forced entry. But I, you ever seen that one? I applaud the forced entry? Yeah. I did just it's get a roughie. I did just get two more uh editions, two more compilations of Cinema Sewer. Okay. So yeah. now I have them all, so I'm very happy. All right. 
Sorry, side note. There we go. Yes. Uh, love the concept with the cat. However, my cat was libelously misquoted because the other cat that you couldn't see, the gray cat, that's the one that's Ole Anderson. Oh, really? Like, that's the one that would have clawed you and everything. The one that you guys were talking to is she would have just jumped up in your lap and cuddled with you if you would have let her. Yeah. It was more fun just uh Yeah, she's no. really more of a young bucks. I don't talk to her so much. That's but right. the other one watches TV with me. Serious? Yes. Oh, that's so pretty that's good. Fun. Yeah, that was a fun, you know, we were just <coughs> thinking we needed to get something on the books, you know. Um, I think a lot of people were confused by that episode. Yes, yes, they were. Uh, a lot of people just don't know how to have fun. Uh, I like that one guy was told like, oh, uh, whatever, or something like that. And it's like, okay, sure. dude, just have – it was seven minutes of your life. It was just a fun little thing. Derek was gone. We thought we would do it. I didn't – It could have been so much better. Though. It don't, but it didn't I have know. to be any better. It was just like, oh, let's just do this. misquoted. No, but it was, uh, was, it was fun. She was upset at that. Uh, it was, that's the first time I'd ever been in your – I had to squeeze her belly several times to make her feel better. Oh, sure. First time I'd ever been in your house. Uh, do you like our piles of stuff? Yes. Thank it's you. a lot like my house with my piles yes. of stuff. Yeah, uh, funny funny thing, and then we can get into our episode too. Uh, we have, when people come over to my house now, um, a, a lot of times uh, the championship belts from Mondalucci are just sitting on my dining room table. Sure. And so the, they'll be like, hey, what are those? I'm like, those are our championship belts. And people are actually kind of excited to see them people yep. that aren't wrestling fans cuz they've yep. never seen anything like that so they want to pick it up and they want to look at it and that's neat and all that and um then my wife finally was like can you put those somewhere <laughs> can you please just put those somewhere put them away so right now uh they're up in uh i have a bin full of hats like winter hats they're just setting this. on top of that up on top this. of a cabinet just in my house. They're in a safe place. They're in a very safe place where you can always see them. But I will say, if they fall off this cabinet because of something happens and they land on somebody, someone's going to get hurt. So, I'm trying to say that you you bought the big hefty belts. Yes. Well, I mean they're hefty enough, so they're fine. But it was just kind of funny. Hefty's a generous word. Well. Yeah. Yes, that's true. But they do have a nice, like, fleece or not, what is that on one side? They're warm. Sure. They're very warm and comfortable. And Speaking of warm and comfortable, Florida. Yeah, you tried to discuss Florida with the cat. Yeah, so um, the cat really wasn't that into it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it was a Mike Graham or an Eddie Graham thing or what the deal was. At least your, so, your scars are looking better, Jay. Yes. Well, that's why I keep a beard like Thor, just uh, so that way that's how he healed. Uh, Eddie Gilbert wore a beard in his later years to cover up scars from his car wreck. Yes. Yes. I remember that as Were well. Were you in a car wreck with Eddie Gilbert? No, but I got attacked by your cat, so that's a whole other story. No, no, you didn't get attacked. But you would have gotten attacked by the other cat. No, I got attacked by the and cat. Now you heard I just, it. It's I, now it's I just want to take celluloid. you over to my house and have you try and pick up the gray cat. I and totally then we'll would. see what happens. That cat let me pet. I was able to pet the gray cat. The gray cat? Nice. Yeah. Nice. I, um, wow, you say You say this like it's a challenge, but I was telling my students that one of my goals in life is to let an alligator bite me in the arm. So not a big one, but like a little, like one maybe like a year old. I wanted to see, uh, like, have a, just so I could have a picture of an alligator biting my arm. So I'm willing to take this challenge with your cat. Okay. So anyhow, let's talk about, speaking of alligators. Yes, Florida. Florida. Um, so we were going to talk about Florida with your cat until it attacked me. And then we uh, decided that this would be a great topic because you're very knowledgeable about Florida. Don't you feel? Uh, I know a few things, yes. And uh, you said you wanted to put out kind of like uh, 
um, preemptive statement. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the podcast world has exploded since even we started this, and it was already exploded before that. Totally. I'm just. I, I guess I just want to say that a lot of what we present on here is just facts and stuff that we remember. If you want buy the books dictionary stuff, there are other podcasts you can find that stuff. 100%. So, this, so this is a lot of our just analysis and opinion and feelings on stuff. And it's just so, our personalities. Yeah, and we're probably going to get stuff wrong. So. Yes, absolutely. So Florida is located north of New York. Yes. You just said we're going to get stuff wrong. I thought I'd start yeah. off with a big one. Well, it's on the border. Then everything be- else seems... Everything on the else border between less. Mexico and Canada. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So we started with that. Um, how did from you Fire be- Sign Theater. Well, how did you become familiar with Florida? Like, was it just... Uh, like, what was your introduction to Florida? Well, I had always heard about it, you know, and then just... The- <laughs> No, no, no. Like in the. It sounds like we're like if someone's listening, and they think we're talking about like the state. So when's the first time you heard about Florida? Well, I heard it was sunny. Florida's closed. We're talking about Florida wrestling, just so everybody knows. Yes. Well, Florida was one of the traditional territories, so you always heard it being bandied about. And then as I got into the history and found out about the power structure and how everything was centered there for Eddie Graham. Yes. So. Uh, Putting that aside, it was also just the footage that I've seen from there and the work rate and the television shows. It's a it's a style that I greatly enjoy because it's very believable yes. and very close. You know, which was the thumbprint of the promoter. Florida originally got started back in the forties, right after the start of the NWA when Cowboy Latrell like opened up the opened up the territory. Right. Uh, so he established it, but it was very interesting in back in the day when the population centers weren't what they were, when it became summertime or when it came wintertime, he would shut down the promotion because everybody would go somewhere else in winter, in winter or in summer, summer. summer. I was going to say summer probably be pretty hot. That's probably winter. where we go. Right. I thought he shut it down in winter. I don't know. He shut it down for six months of the year. Sure. And then when Eddie Graham came in in the early sixties, that's when they started running it year round. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, let me check my little notes here. Well, I think that, uh, what you were saying about that too, that the original Florida started in late forties, like had to be like, yeah, late so 40s. NWA was in 46. So. Gotcha. Right. And then, uh, Graham took it over in like early sixties. I think it was like 61 or 62. Probably. I, I think I read, he took it over in the early, like started in the early sixties and then bought out cowboy in 71 or whatever. Was it, and I don't know if you know this or not, but was it CWF? Before he took over, because it was championship wrestling from Florida, was the uh, what Eddie Graham had called it. Would you think that's what it was called before that? I don't recall. Okay, sorry. I mean, I it might have just been wrestling. Right, you know, okay. Stuff like that. So, Eddie Graham set up, he was based in Tampa, out of the Tampa Sportatorium. Uh, we've discussed this earlier. It was a little like television studio with an upstairs room, upstairs rooms that serves as the office and dressing rooms and such. And business would be run from the offices upstairs and television would be shot downstairs. Also downstairs uh, was where they would, Hiro Matsuda would train the up and comers and that was called the snake pit, you know, and that's where all the shooters would hang out. Before we get to that, so Eddie Graham was situated in Tampa, Florida. Okay. He then ran like Fort Lauderdale, West Palm Beach, Tallahassee, all these areas. He had... Let's see, if I'm looking at Florida like a gun, he had like from the middle of the barrel of the gun down to the handle. Yeah. But the other, the extreme western end, was actually run by the 
uh, Alabama territory. Yeah. I think something like that. So he didn't have that part of Florida, but he had everything else. And he, in turn, set up area promoters in these different cities. Okay, sure. Uh, one of which I think is very interesting was a guy named Milo Steinborn. Okay, yeah. So whose son, Dick Steinborn, wrestled for several years. But Milo Steinborn was known for being a wrestler, but he's also known in the strongman world. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, in like the especially in the early days of weightlifting. Um, he had like the, the Steinborn lift or the Steinborn squat was a way to do free squats. But instead of getting in a rack and taking it on, he would take a dumbbell or you know a big barbell that was loaded up, turn yeah. it on, turn it on its side, and then kind of bend over sideways at the waist, rock the thing on his shoulders, do the squats, and then roll over and unrack it the same way. Huh. Okay. So I mean, just very, very much known as a strongman. Sure. Um, uh, in another town, the local guy was Pat O'Hara, who was an ex wrestler. I just find it's fantastic how. Wrestlers always like look among their troops and they pick ex wrestlers to run the different towns so that they have people that are in on the scam. Yeah, right, else. right. And of course, everywhere had bagmen and everything was, you know, it was a cash business. So, sure. So things happened. Uh, so Eddie Graham had all of these area promotions, and what he would do was run a wrestling product that was generally very believable. It was believable, but he also had like the circus mentality of there has to be something on the card for everyone. Right. So characters would come in. Andre the Giant, Haystacks Calhoun, you know, the Sheik or the Great Mephisto, and they would come in as characters. But then once the bell rang, the work had to be superlative. Sure. So he ran he ran a promotion where the product was very believable. But what Eddie Graham also did was became very entrenched in these civic organizations in the different cities. Right, right. Uh, he opened up the, let's see, he gave money to Cal Farley's, uh, like, uh, the ranch, and then what do they call like, the boys' clubs and the girls' clubs in okay. the different areas. Uh, opened up the Eddie Graham Wrestling Room at the University of Florida. So he would insinuate himself into these civic organizations and become well respected in the community and that in turn got him a little cooperation for his wrestling activities and everything there so it was very very interesting and it's i'm always amazed how much i learn about business from studying wrestling where you've got the eddie grams who do this to get over with the the local government right versus you know vince mcmahon who you know, entered into contracts knowing he'd break them and stuff sure, like that. Right. It's just all, yeah. it's very interesting to see how business was done. So Eddie Graham had this, had the system worked out where, you know, he had it, something on the card for everyone. He had people in the different towns in order to run their business there. And then he was always very, you know, very in on the civic side, always gave to police organizations and stuff like that. And probably most likely had the cops understanding, you know, what would happen or an understanding. If somebody got wild, you know, they'd let them go in the room with a wrestler and you know, right. beat them up and stuff like hey, that. Hey, before um, yes. we continue on, you just brought up a good point, And this kind of goes back to one of our past podcasts. Um, and I just got to ask about it uh, here. You had mentioned before that you were going to have a match with a, a, wrestler, a, a police officer that happened. Yeah. Did it go okay? Yeah, it went great. Okay, good. Just wanted to make sure. He was a little stiff. I did was have, he? I did have to jack him once to settle, settle him down. down. Yeah. Okay. I told him, you know, ahead of time, he was getting all nervous, and I was like, 
listen, if I give you a forearm like this, that means you've got to settle down. And so one time he got kind of rabbity and boom. And he went down and I was just like, wow, I just punched a cop. That's awesome. That was great. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack us, That's but fine. That just you reminded me of that. Eddie Graham also <laughs> kept his product believable because he... He, he respected shooters. I've read different things about Eddie. I've always read that he's very tough, but I don't know if he was 100% a shooter a la Hiro Matsuda sure. or other guys. Which Hiro Matsuda, though, was someone he brought in. Wasn't it like he, I think Hiro Matsuda might have been part owner of Florida at one point. Yeah, yeah. He, well, I want to get to that. Too. Sorry. Don't mean to jump the gun. No, no, no. Well, just to get there at that point, Eddie would often, if he needed money, would sell pieces of ownership sure yeah and then come back later it's like oh you're not an owner in the territory you're an owner in this town and stuff like that so one of those where like he sold 151 percent of the territory to people and, in just all different areas. yeah yeah so uh eddie had the good public reputation behind the scenes there was a very different person available you know yeah different person around in the sense of it was a cash business so there was always the skim and whatever going on then but then we mentioned the snake pit before. Eddie had this little group of shooters that he always liked to keep around to act as policemen. Um, on Ron Fuller's podcast, he talks about everybody could go in there at like 9 o'clock in the morning and do their training and go through shooting and, and try to get everything done. But then that's when Eddie would bring in somebody that wanted to try out to be a wrestler. Oh, sure, and they'd stretch him. Uh, they'd stretch him, some... but hurt him. Sure. And hurt him bad. So it, it it was very strange. Like you hear these stories, and it's amazing. Yeah. There's the video clip of Bob Roop on YouTube. Bob Roop embarrasses some wannabe, where one time this was filmed. Now apparently, according to Jim Wilson, all of these all of these were filmed because they did it in the sportatorium, so they always had the cameras running. So I'm assuming this was always filmed on videotape because you wouldn't want to chew up film for whatever was going on. There. Sure. Anyway. Uh, Bob Roop embarrasses wannabe. That came about because that person that he stretched, that Roop stretches in the video, wrestled for a rival group. There were some rival groups that tried to run in Florida, either Ron Hill's group, where this guy came from, or the great Malenko at one time tried to go against Florida with uh, the Suncoast wrestling. Okay, sure. We, we can get back to that in a bit when we yeah. talk about different things. But apparently this guy in the video had been trained by Ron Hill or somebody else mm -hmm. and tried to contact Eddie to get a job, but talked to the front ticket taker at the Sportatorium. Okay, yeah. This person wasn't smartened up, but this guy was talking to him like he was, like, oh, I'm a wrestler, I know it's all a work, and blah, 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 blah. So that's when Eddie told Bob Roop about this guy and said, hey, I need you to come down here and knock this guy off. Yeah. And that's what leads to the video you see there. And that they So were this video is on YouTube. We could see it right now. Oh, yes. As far as I know, Bob Roop embarrasses wannabe. Oh, really? Oh, you okay. haven't seen it? I may have. I mean, I feel okay. like I've seen so much stuff in uh, my life. It, it opens up. Uh, Roop has the guy in the sugar. And the guy finally like says, okay, I'm giving up. And Roop gets on him and says, what's the matter with you? I thought you wanted to be a wrestler. Slaps him around. So they tried to do one more one more round. Roop gets down. The guy grabs a hold. Roop grabs an arm lock. It mo it turns up, Roop turns over, puts the guy in his stomach, but then he just wrenches the arm back and over the guy's head. Oh, it Jesus. Look, it looks bad. Yeah. 
And then the guy rolls out, and uh, he walks around the ring, and you can see Eddie Graham standing there watching the whole time. Yeah. And from everything I've heard and read, Eddie would be there, and if you didn't get the guy to his satisfaction, he would take over on the guy. Oh, and there no was shit. no pulling him off. Like, Eddie was it, was, it was a mafia. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, in the clip, this guy goes off in the darkness and Roop follows him and you hear the guy scream. And now there's some question of what happens there because Roop says he tells the guy to run. It doesn't really sound like he tells, you know, who knows what happened. Right. It was in front of Eddie, but you know, yeah. it's a long time ago. Uh, there's tales of people running out of the snake pit and flagging down a cop. Oh, these guys beat me up at the sportatorium. So then the guy, the cop would put him in the car, take him back to the sportatorium pull Eddie out and say, was this guy just here? And the person would freak out. Yeah, that's him. He's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. And then the cop would look at the guy and say, you're stupid for being down here. These guys are tough and you're lucky. This is what you yeah, got. Right. Now get that's the hell great. out of my car. So that was always weird. That's how I deal with kids at school. You stretch them? Uh, a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. That's fine. <laughs> just, no, but real. That's, yeah, that's what I do. I scare them. Um, that's so, can I ask this question though? So you said that, so Eddie Graham, like the realness of it all. Yes. But when I think of Florida, I think of like the Kevin Sullivan, Abuda Dean stuff and all of that as well. Oh, that's all very late. That's, that's late in the yeah. Eddie Graham run. Like I, Mike Graham hasn't taken over at that point. That's, oh no, that, that's still way, I mean, that's still, it's late enough in it, but it's away from how things were like sixties right, right. and seventies. Well, depending on when that is. Let's see. Uh, we're skipping ahead in the story. Here, yeah, and I'm but, sorry. I didn't mean to Eddie jump Graham, ahead, but that's well, just what I think No, about. no, no. That's fine because there's a, there's a lot to grab, and I still have a few things. Let's see. We talked about the area promoters. Yeah, I just uh, – like I say, I always think about the things that I remember about uh-huh. Florida, the things that stick out. Again, and sure. I'm not as knowledgeable about it, but like I, I think – is that where Billy Graham, uh, Superstar Billy Graham, debuted the bald head in the karate gimmick? Oh, no. He no. did that elsewhere before that. Yeah, he did that in the WWF. Okay, I was there. I seen this is but where some he, of my yeah, stuff is. Yeah, he came is. in later, so okay. that's fine. So that's yeah, but your reference is like eighty three to eighty six. Okay, so that okay, gotcha. So, sure. sorry, I didn't mean to jump ahead. No, but this is, so the NWA is this powerhouse. Uh, notable things that happened there are Dusty Rhodes turning face in nineteen seventy four. Yes, and blowing, I remember that. Blowing I remember, the I remember, state but up. I remember seeing stuff on that so that's after eddie took over and dusty Rhodes was a personality but he yeah. could talk the people in so he'd have dusty Rhodes on the top of the card but then you had the briscoes and you had you know bringing in billy robinson and right and so it was solid the, work right yeah all the way it was through. solid and not that dusty rate. wasn't a great i mean like i could right do run rings but, around but dusty was man. a character right so uh, let's see i'm just trying to get it up how he had this had this company running um had the respect in each town. There was actually an incident in the mid seventies where a newspaper editor in Fort Lauderdale stated something about, Oh, this fake wrestling is coming to town. And Eddie Graham, even though he was selling out there, pulled all of his shows out of Fort Lauderdale and bought space in the paper and say, you know, this is why I pulled this show. We're not getting the respect the sport deserves. That's awesome. Boom. And put all the heat on the editor and stayed out of Fort Lauderdale for several years. That's very cool. You know, so it was things like this to defend the business. Right. Um, You know, that's what Eddie believed in. Uh, The other story I want to get to, because you mentioned Mike Graham. Yeah. Uh, Mike Graham came along, debuted in 73, 74. Sure. uh, Was a legitimate good wrestler, legitimate power lifter. 
you know, mm-hmm. yeah. le- legitimate sports star, and why not? Because he's around, you know, essentially sports his entire life, and gets that. Uh, did not have the height. Oh no, not at know? all. And that's just that's just unfortunate. Um, but because he was Eddie's son, he knew he had to defend the business. Sure, you know, and do whatever he could. Ron Hill, who was the Golden Gladiator, was trying to run opposition to the Grams in Florida. Mm-hmm. There's a story where Ron Hill is on the radio doing an interview, like at an event, and Eddie Graham goes to confront him. In Ron Hill's book, he and Ed, he and uh, not Eddie Graham, Mike Graham goes to confront him. In Ron Hill's book, uh, he and Mike Graham shout at each other, but nothing happens. Yeah, you hear Mike Graham tells the story. He punched the guy out on the air. On of the course, that's what Mike Graham so, said. So, you know everything like that. I know. I know you like to pick on Mike Graham. Yeah, I just uh, but, he's always seemed like kind of like a chippy, yeah. chippy little guy. Yes. Well, his his dad owned the territory. Sure. Uh, just as an aside, today I watched MSG from 1980 with Kevin Von Erich against Johnny Rods as the yeah. second match. They are not on the same page. Not at all. Kevin still thinks his dad is the boss. Johnny Rods is having none of it. That's awesome. So there's lots of moves, and nobody's selling a goddamn thing. thing. It's amazing. That's what year do you think that was? Uh, it was 1980. Gotcha. Yeah. So did um so the name skip- oh uh, I'm sorry, but Mike Graham uh, would defend the territory and you know felt it was his duty to go out and confront Ron Hill because sure. he's he's wrecking us. So Mike Graham thought he was part of the mafia as well. Okay, gotcha. Or felt he was by his birthright. So Mike Graham, Eddie's son. Yes. Uh, Skip Gossett, wrestler as well? Eddie's uh, brother? Uh, promoter or office worker. Okay, gotcha. But I don't think ever a wrestler. Okay, he just had a name that sounded like a worker. Yeah. Skip Gossett. Well, Ed's, Ed, Eddie Graham was really Eddie Gossett. Okay, that again, I, that's something I actually did not know. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, any relation to Lou Gossett Jr.? Uh, probably not directly. Okay. It's just not a, it's not a very common last name, Gossett. So Eddie's got the territory rocking and rolling. We get to the early 80s where uh, the cable industry out of Atlanta is starting to affect the business. And as you get more into the 80s, Vince is starting to affect the business. Right. He's starting to go around and take things over. Uh, in in the Carolinas, Jim Crockett decides he needs to reinforce his his fiefdom there. Yeah, right. The three states. So he contacts Eddie's booker, Dusty Rhodes. There you go. Uh, Dusty says, yes, I'll come in and takes all of his people out of Florida. Oh, wow. Uh, I recently just watched another review of uh, the first Starcade. Sure, yeah. And it's interesting because what I didn't know is that, uh, what's her name, Barbara Cleary, the interview lady yes, that's yeah, in Florida, right. she was at that Starcade. Oh, really? So Dusty even poached her out of Florida. So he really took everyone. Yeah, he just gutted it, which is the one thing that a booker is not supposed to do. Right. But this is Dusty Rhodes, baby, so he can do whatever he, he wants. wants. Yeah. So Eddie So Grant, was there any love loss between Eddie and Dusty then at that oh, point? Oh, Eddie was, Eddie was, was hot, shot. Yeah, he was hot. He was shattered yeah. by it. You know, because suddenly he's left with Charlie Cook to work Ric Flair coming in. Right. Who wants Charlie Cook? I mean, a nice guy, but right. <laughs> as, as they say in wrestling, that's the worst thing to be called is a nice guy because it means you can't work. So Eddie gets gutted there. Um, there are rumors that Eddie gets involved in some real estate deals that may have gone south. Okay. 
uh, a lot of different things are happening. Um, and for whatever reason, in 1985 on Super Bowl Sunday, of course, allegedly chosen so that it wouldn't dominate the headlines, uh, Eddie Graham shoots himself. That's wild, hey? Right, Kyle? Uh, the other story is Eddie shot himself twice because the first time the bullet didn't do the job. So he picked the gun back up and put it in his mouth and boom. Isn't that wild? Yeah. What do you think about that, Kyle? That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's one of the strange stories in wrestling. And it's a, I find it like really interesting that he chose a specific day so that people wouldn't Right. Think about it. Right. But it's also wildly depressing. Yeah. That. Well, he didn't want to hurt the business. Just wait. Oh the the Graham family the? almost ranks up there with the Von Erichs once we get to the end of the story. Oh, here. boy. Yeah, so, this gets pretty wild. So Eddie passes away. That leaves Mike Graham, and I think they brought in either Dutch Mantel or mm-hmm. Michael Hayes to help with the booking. Yep. Uh, which leads to the angle that you see on YouTube with Mike Graham blatantly holding the blade, blade. in his hand. Yes. And, Kyle, that's good stuff, by the way. And the yeah. Freebirds make make funny of your your dead dad took the coward's way out or something like right. that. Which leads to this angle, which they tried to jumpstart the territory but with. But it killed the territory Yeah, because severely. it was in such poor taste. It was like such right. It's kind of like the a lot of things uh, you know people talk about. Was it the uh, Fritz von Erich heart attack? Mm-hmm. Uh, fake like that did real big damage in Texas. And then this was one of those two where it was in such poor taste that it just like the territory never recovered after this one. Right. So there were still fits and starts of territories like um, the introduction of Lex Luger, yep. the ascension of Rick Rude. So question. Uh, so was, and again, this is all when I think about things in wrestling that I've seen. Florida was the Brody Luger cage match. Yes. That was Florida. Yes. Right? Okay. That's what I thought. So. Yeah. So that was being run. I'm not I'm sure. just saying like when I think Florida, like that's, what, oh, Yeah. Yeah, well, Dean. That, oh, Luger in the cage with Well, this Brody. is all the era oh. that you would know Florida from because those yeah. tapes were starting to get up here and everything like that. Humperdink. The House of Humperdink, yeah. Yes. What? Kyle just said what? Yeah, Sir Oliver Humperdink. You know, Which, Sir Oliver Humperdink? to be honest, I never really got the gimmick. I never liked it either, like, to be okay. honest with you. Uh, Kyle, look up Sir Oliver Humperdink. Just friends with everyone. Yeah. Uh, so this the Florida Territory limps on for a few years, um, but never really gets to the the major parts that it was you know it never takes over the the state again because the business had changed right you know the wwf was touring right um wc or world championship wrestling or crockett had always said they wouldn't run against florida finally they started coming down well they merged right so well I, they wound up buying them out at right that point and that was like an 87 yeah but they ran against them first he's just a kyle sees sir oliver humperdinck and wants to give a quick, quick hot take he's just like the Ricklow. No, no, no. This guy, like, that's even not. He was a like, I don't know. He he's just a he, fat the, redhead. He was a fat actually redhead from guy. Minneapolis. Was he really? He is kind of like uh, nobody was like. He, he reminded me of Fat Johnny Legend. Sure. Like that uh, throwback to our extremely strange wrestling. Okay, so uh, Florida, Florida limps along for a few years. Uh, finally, gets tired of all of this uh, being run against, and then. The office is sold, or the office is absorbed by Crockett and used yeah. as a test territory for a while. But then, just it gets shut down. Other groups then open up again in Florida and try and run locally. Right. So you had the Malencos running Sun Coast, and there were 
other different fits and starts. There are so many wrestlers living in Florida that it's difficult not to have wrestling. Sure. I understand there's a deal with the airports. If you leave from some city in Florida, you you can return to any city in Florida and it's considered a round trip. Oh, really? Yeah, there are, there are advantages to living in Florida. That's I did not know that. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. Um uh Eddie Graham then eventually sells his la- his library to Vince for X number of dollars. Yeah. Uh, does a few of their round tables or whatever, but then runs into some personal trauma where his son uh, shoots himself at a biker rally. Yeah. Um, which is tragic. Right, because, right, absolutely. You know, he even quoted out his grandfather in his note and everything like that. Uh, and then a few years later, Mike shoots himself at the same biker rally. That's crazy. It also comes out later that Eddie Graham's father may or may not have killed himself. So, I mean, it could be something genetic within the family. Right. But, uh, go ahead. Who do you think was the Super Bowl MVP uh, in 1985? Uh, Brian Bosworth. <laughs> Can't even recover from that. Joe Montana. Oh, never heard of him. Me neither. Sorry. Didn't mean to. I just wanted Didn't to. Didn't he wear the fur coat on the sidelines? That was uh, Joe Namath. That's the only one you need. <laughs> that's that's true. He made a good biker movie, Joe Namath. Really? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I forgot the name of it right now. Um, but uh, I will, uh, I'll find the name uh, for you. Uh, so we've touched on Florida. We <laughs> have in no way conveyed the... Uh, Right. Importance of this territory, but it's just our hot take on it. No, that absolutely. So what do you um what is your takeaway from it? Again, the hot take, but like what is your there's there anything that you think of when Florida comes to mind besides Graham? Like is there anything particular that you really um just like like something like again for me, it's the Kevin Sullivan darkness, Buddha Dean stuff. It's the Lex Luger. Um have we been recording? Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, Kyle's just pushing buttons. It got us all scared. Yes. Uh, that kind of stuff. Is there any kind of um, something like you were like, oh, I remember this and I really like this from Florida? No, because I never watched it on TV at that time. I've only seen it in like compilation footage. Sure. But what I appreciate appreciate about it most was just the way that Eddie was able to cultivate his audience and bring wrestling to a certain level. I, I liked the the formula that they used for wrestling. It was easy. Sure. I felt it was easier to be a wrestling fan in Florida than it would be in other areas of the country where the wrestling was more outlandish. Sure. Um, was that the, and let me ask this one too, was that the territory that Gary, was Gary Hart working for them when they had the plane crash? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Did you know that Mike Graham uh, was a Florida high school wrestling champion? Yes. I thought I had mentioned <laughs> well, I that. I know. But that, did you know that he faced uh, Ricky Steamboat? Uh, Richard Blood. Yes. Uh, Yes, he faced Richard Blood in a high school tournament, and then Steamboat moved to Minnesota, but his girlfriend or something uh, was from Florida and related to Mike Graham that, oh, I've got a, a friend of mine up here wants to get trained. And when she said the name, they remembered who it was, and instantly they contacted Vern to get a hold of Ricky Steamboat. Oh, gotcha. So he was originally trained under Vern and then sent down to Florida. Yeah. And he had a, I mean, he had somewhat success around, right? I mean, you've, but... Steamboat? I mean, he was not, new. Not, 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 sorry, not Steamboat. 
Mike Graham. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump to that one. Like, because he went to AWA, didn't he? He was in there for a while? Well, he was there for big cards. He okay. was never a regular performer. But he was brought in because uh, Eddie and Vern were good friends. Okay. As a matter of fact, when Hulk Hogan left the AWA, he sent a telegram that said, I'm not coming back. And because it came from Florida, Vern looked at it and said, Ah, oh, that fucking Eddie. And oh, thought yeah. it was a joke. Then all of a sudden, Hogan wasn't there. Oh, really? Yeah. No so shit. they ribbed each other like that. That's kind of crazy. I did not know that. Wow. Uh, the other thing I like, when, I, especially when I dig into Florida, is Eddie Graham was always described as a Finnish master. Oh, like yeah. He, he could craft the end. And I would always love to get the chance to just dig in and analyze that. Also, I'm very curious about the mental tricks that Eddie knew on how to deal with talent. For example... If you made five hundred bucks one night, say say you made five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. you're in the main event. Okay. Uh, he wouldn't say, "Here's five hundred bucks, you don't get trans." He'd say, "Hey, you made four hundred dollars tonight, but because it was so good, I'm going to bonus you a hundred bucks." Interesting. And you'd walk out of there thinking, "Hey, the boss really loves me," but what you don't know is he had already originally like sure. budgeted five hundred dollars for you. So there's all these little mental tricks that used to exist in wrestling, or they do still exist, but I just never have to yes, they do. deal with them. <laughs> yeah, there's there's human chess going on at all the time. I'm but, not saying, I'm just saying yes. Yeah, I get it, I get it. But yes. I, 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 that's what fascinates me about Florida. Uh, Sullivan came in for Frank one time, and... I got like three minutes of his time, but like the questions I would have for him would require like a three hour car ride. Right. You know, like what's Mark Lewin like? Uh, yeah, I'd want to know that. I agree. I'd want to know that very much. Yes. That's like one of those guys that's always. He's one of the guys that he learned the crazy act from. Right. Mark Lewin and King Curtis. Right. That's why I always think that the King Mark Lewin... Curtis, Ayuka. Yeah. I always think that I was, that's the one I always think about. Uh, again, like was that, uh, Purple Haze, that's where Purple Haze came out of the water. That's the promo where Purple Haze yes. emerges from the beach or in, from the ocean. Yeah, but uh, that was all that, Kevin Kyle? Sullivan. Uh, no, I was actually going to ask if there, if you know of ways to watch old Florida stuff and if there's anything you really think people should check out. Uh, well, there's always the network. Yeah, they. Own there's the a lot of stuff on YouTube. Uh, it, it's all around. There's a, a YouTube channel, 106 North Albany, which was the address of the Sportatorium, has a lot of great stuff on there. I was just watching that before I came over here, so that was really good. Cool. Um, what Today I saw Missouri Mauler against Bill Dromo, uh, which I was very... <laughs> I'd love for us to do a watch-along, so it'd be like, okay, Missouri Mauler, that's the Assassin's brother. Bill Dromo gave a pair of boots to Superstar Graham and you sure. know, all this other stuff. But it's just... Uh, neat mix of stuff. I mean, there's there's plenty of footage available on there. You can find it, but this is just my interpretation of it. That yeah. the work is all tight and it looks really good. Do you, uh, um, except for Haystacks Calhoun? Not great. Uh, you know, he's an act. And that was it. Yeah, just like the character, and then yeah. that's all you had. All right, so here I'm going to do some. It was um, fun to celebrate his obesity. <laughs> I'm going to do some either ors. Okay. Uh, let's start with. Texas or Florida? The, like uh, we'll say we'll say we'll say world class or Florida. 
I would like to go Florida just because I've seen a lot of world class. Okay. Florida or Portland? That's rough. That's really rough. That's a, I know. It's a tough yeah. one. Is there one that uh, like, do you, I could... I would just go with Florida so I could study finishes. You sure. But both of those would be specific examples of give me six months of programming so right. I can watch how Check everything and develops see. and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, probably a little, not as much of a gimme or whatever, but Memphis or Florida? Eh, Florida. Memphis is out there. It's like You mean like out there like wacky? Uh, no, I've just seen a lot of it. Okay. I, I hate to keep going to Florida. On but this, is it but, not? No, and I think this is valid, though. But I mean, it's, it's, it, it's a different booking. Memphis, of course, there are strips of programming available, which are great to watch. Sure. But uh, the style of working is very different. Do you um, think that, do you prefer when it comes to watching vintage or old wrestling, watching stuff from the 70s, we'll say, we'll stick in that uh, uh-huh. decade, uh, would you prefer uh, a Midwestern wrestling to a southern wrestling two different i think completely different styles oh i disagree you think that there's you think they're uh, if similar? we're talking under eddie graham yeah and Vern Gagne, you think very similar yes because of the realistic nature of it all yes because of the people that owned it do you think the characters in florida would win out over the um personalities in uh the Vern stuff Well, there is a lot of crossover because they were friends. 100%. I get that. I'd say the characters got more outlandish in Florida, Mm -hmm. but there were also more of them. Okay. Because Eddie Graham also had the philosophy of book everyone that shows up. Sure. Or book everyone that calls. Because... He could get guys down there cheap because of the, all the side effects. They were they were movie stars. Yeah. Life on the beach. Right. Lots of girls, lots of drugs. Didn't have to pay him a lot. Sure. No, I could see that. Yeah. Do um, This is kind of a way out there question. I don't expect you to have an answer, but it's just a thought that's rambling around in my head. Like a BB in a tuna can? Yes. <laughs> Maybe even in a trash can more okay. than anything else. Um, so what do you think... Vern's opinion was of the characters that were going on in Florida, even though they shared talent. Right. Do you? Th- I mean, and I guess I take that back. Do now, you- if you're talking like Kevin Sullivan and that stuff, I don't think Vern. Vern was, was well. That's he what was, was involved as his own stuff then. I, so Vern, like, if Vern were interviewed, hey, what did you think of the Florida territory with the stuff that Eddie Graham was doing? There's a point you think Vern is probably like I have no idea. Eddie would just give me the good workers up here. Like he didn't. Know well, no, no, characters. he could pick. He could pick and choose. Yeah. Here's here's one notable difference. Uh, Florida booked a lot more African American workers than the AWA did. Florida very similar to the Louisiana Bill Watts. Stuff, well, it was just say? down there, but for whatever reason, Vern didn't think an African American could get over in the Midwest. Gotcha. So sure. that's why he'd have. One as the token, but right, right. not whereas you in had... the movies, Kyle, don't they refer to that as the magical Negro? That's the term, what? I believe. No, <laughs> yeah, seriously, you're not wrong. That's I that's am, correct, yeah. right? Yeah. It's the it's the term in movies where it's that's like, fine, but these men do not speak for me. No, but that's like I'm not. <laughs> I've never used that term, right? But I'm saying, but that's kind of like been the um, like in the movie um, Mannequin. <laughs> 
<laughs> there's the oh sure there's sure. like the the, the homosexual uh, yeah. African American gentleman that or there's just like you can think of lots of different things in movies where they go I'm sorry I jumped to that really weird obscure reference but there was it's like referred to as like there's always that like counterpart where it's like considered like the magical Negro so but isn't that almost like the fall staff of anything or is that just the spot that you got put in uh, I mean I guess okay I could see that sorry if you got weird there. no no not at all but that's just uh, that, I that know makes you sense. got it. Yes. yes, I know. Also, like these, like kind of strange and obscure things. Um, so, Dusty though getting over in Florida too had a lot to do with that dynamic of the population, wasn't it? Like, like the African American population in Florida. Well, that like, was his crossover gimmick, and that was the and that that all happened in Florida. That yes. wasn't a Louisiana thing. That wasn't a Bill Watts thing. Bill Watts had his own junkyard dog thing well, going on. There, Dusty right? stole his act from Thunderbolt Patterson. Yes. So that's all. I mean, it's all part of it there. So it's not even a, hmm, I'm going to hone in. It's just he stole the he stole the gimmick. Sure. Dusty stole the gimmick, but that wasn't a conscious marketing attempt like JYD was in Bill Watts. Sure. Okay. I it was just kind that. of, this guy's charismatic. This guy can tell a story. Uh, once Dusty got over in Florida, I don't think he was ever a regular in the AWA again. Right. He was only a regular for his first couple of years. And then he'd come in for... He'd fly in for appearances then. Would he do? Um, would Dusty do more in AWA with teaming up with uh, Dick Slater, things like that? Would that ever? Dick Slater was never. Or not Dick Slater. Ever. I'm sorry, Dick Murdoch. Uh, that was when he was in the Outlaws. Right. Okay. That, so that, that was, was early seventy. That was early seventy. Yeah, that, that was, wasn't. He turned face in seventy four. After seventy four, Dusty only went back for big shows. Oh, okay, that makes sense then. I wasn't sure on that. That's sometimes where the timeline gets me, uh-huh. where I just kind of get crossed over as to like what's what. Looking at a lot of that footage now, sometimes I have a hard time placing what's eighty two and right. what's seventy six and what's what. So you know, and like, <laughs> usually film and the shagginess of Dusty's hair. Yeah, that's oh true. the angle I saw coming over here somehow half of Dusty's face got paralyzed. Like that was the angle. Like well, he got beat on by the Missouri Mauler or something who was trying to collect a bounty. And came out and cut the cut the promo with half of half of his face frozen. So inject me with that Nova King. Well, oh, that's what I'm wondering is is that what they did or how did was they... it super was it actually well done like was his face yeah yeah like his eye wasn't really blinking. Like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it was it was very strange. I don't know how they did it, but that's they got over the it seriousness of the gimmick. It had to be Nova Kane or some kind of numbing agent. Sure. Stick it in me, buddy. What? Oh my goodness. Who said that? So that was Florida. <laughs> that's that's pretty great. I think that uh, Florida's uh, a, a one that I'd like to go and visit more. I don't think I've uh, spent as much time uh, getting through the footage as I should. Well, I recommend episodes of Championship Wrestling from Florida. I and I think that's what I'll do. They had studio wrestling. Yes, uh, and very much the studio model. And it was, and so uh, clearly in a place held about a hundred people, probably did yep. their their typical stuff. Was their um, biggest star come out of Florida? Had to be Dusty, right? Well, he was sure. Neither, I, I mean, guess. I mean, what do you say, right? That's Jack Briscoe was a Graham guy too, though. Sure, so you could say. I'd Are the Briscoes still alive? One of them is. Okay, so they're both. They're both not alive. No, Jack passed away in 2010, I believe. I oh, some time ago. Yeah, so it's just Jerry. So it's kind of funny, especially when Jerry went into the WWE Hall of Fame. How they did his promo video with all these accolades, and don't, wouldn't you know it? He had a brother that wrestled too. Hey, go figure. It's like, okay. If oh, sorry, Kai, I have something. 
did I ever tell you guys that I uh, I didn't get to say hi to him, but I saw Jerry Briscoe. Um, he sat behind me on an airplane once. How tall was he? Yeah, how tall was he? He was pretty short. He was shorter than me. No, really? I'm pretty sure. I okay. mean, I was. I mean, he's old. He was too. sitting behind me, so it wasn't like uh-huh. looking at. I can. You didn't like spin around height. and sit on your knees in your chair and just stare at him, right? <laughs> like he leaning was... over the top of the chair, like Hi, rocking Mr. back and forth like a little child. That's pretty. No, fun. I did follow him into the bathroom though, and then went. No, I'm not going to talk to him here. <laughs> With a plain bathroom, that's very small. <laughs> that would be very <laughs> awkward. Not... Son, why are you sitting on my lap? I want to hear that story. <laughs> that's, yes, that's wait. So the plane bathroom you went into? No, 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 no. So after the, yeah. when the plane touched down, because I'm like, oh, I should be like, hey, I know who you are, you know. But then I decide not yes. to. That's, wait, that's a wait, good. Wait till he has his joint in his hand, and then yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, it was him, and uh, sitting next to him was Sean Devari. Oh, right on. Yeah. Okay, brother of friend of the show Arya Devari. Never heard of him. I have, and he's a fantastic gentleman. Okay. So someday maybe I'll introduce you to him. I appreciate that. You ever work, Aria? He's never heard of him. I mean, mm, we get the joke. I mean, Maybe. Did we ever have you do anything with him? No. Really? No, this, yes. this would have been way no. early. Yes. It wasn't me. That's true. Never, That's true. Not even at a Mexican Fiesta? No, this would have go back to when he first came in for Kurt when he was still skinny. Yeah. So, wow, that's... And now he lives in Florida. Yeah. See how that goes full now circle? Now he's a star. One time he dropped that on me. You look for. You want to know who I am? You can watch the network. I'm like, ah, you fucking prick. All right. They did... Uh, wasn't Championship Wrestling from Florida revived by WWE? Like as a territory... Or not territory, uh, um, developmental? Uh, that was Florida Championship Wrestling uh, when Steve Kern was running a school down there. Okay. So that had nothing to do with Mike Graham or... No. I mean, Mike, Mike I, Graham... Absolutely not. When did Mike Graham die? Or when did he commit suicide? Do we remember? Two uh, thousand. No, last five years. It was that something yeah. that okay. Relatively so was, recent. Relatively recently. That's amazing, though, to think. Like you said, the almost like the similarities of the Von Erich family. Yeah, it's just a tragic. You know, when, once you look at the whole story, it's like, wow, this is this is sad. All the all the men passed away. Right. Super Bowl uh, nineteen eighty five was. We said Joe Montana was the MVP. What team did he play for? Um. The Las Vegas Raiders. Yes. Do you know Kyle? Yeah. The 49ers. San Francisco 49ers. I guess who? Oh, yeah. Who would they play against? Probably Kyle? Steelers Ooh, back then. That's a good question. That's a better question. Uh, Dolphins? Was that against. This guy doesn't know Sir Oliver Humperdinck, but he knows that it was uh, San Francisco versus the Dolphins. I got that right. Yeah, you got that right. Was that uh, Marino's? Yes. The Dolphins, like um, the year where they went undefeated until the Super Bowl. I don't know if it was the that year was undefeated. Okay. I thought the undefeated stuff was in the seventies, but I could be way off on that as well. Um, that's crazy, though. Yeah, right. So, on Super Bowl Sunday, sets that all up to yep. commit suicide. God damn that guy. Yeah. Hey, this Let's take this home. Speaking of Super Bowl Sunday, this has been super fun day for us. <laughs> Yes. Here, working on this. Talking about, uh, suicide. talking about suicides <laughs> and uh, all of that good stuff. Uh, Derek, that this has been great. I'm glad you're uh, back and around. I'm glad you're not uh, harmed here from your trip to Mexico. I'm glad there was no abductions at the border. There's a lot of that going on down there. Yeah, I was nervous about going off the, the deal, but it was okay. 
I went when I was down there again for my honeymoon in 2001. We got on a public bus and drove out of the resort town yes. into a regular city. Yes. And we went to a, ga- or a grocery store and they were trying, they were barking at us over a PA system. And then someone in broken English was able to tell us that they wanted us to put my backpack in a cubby oh sure so they didn't want me to steal but i had my video camera in there sure. and i'm like okay well we'll just leave then yeah and so we walked through they said oh no come back you can come in like they uh-huh. you know we weren't gonna steal anything so uh we walked through the store and saw some very interesting things like pre-wrapped boxes like presents where they sure. wrapped it was some very strange things and then we're like, okay, well, there's nothing here. So we left and we started walking out of the grocery store and we were about maybe 200 feet out of the grocery store, maybe a little bit further. And we started hearing people screaming behind us and we turned around and looked and there were four people running towards us from the grocery store. And my wife's like, oh my God, this is how we're going to die. Yeah. And so I said, hold our backpack. So I gave her the backpack and I turned around and I clenched my fist and I was just going to get ready to just yeah. fucking to fight die. my way out yes. of this place. I'm like, this is how we're going. This is how we die this is in how Mexico in like some city. Four guys running at me from the grocery store, which we didn't steal anything. Right. Running right towards us. They get about five feet away. And the f- guy that's in the front of the line hangs a tight left, cuts off, and then they follow him. That guy was stealing. Okay. But he was running towards us. But we couldn't tell the right. difference of who was what and what because their security there were just regular dudes. Right. And so our, my heart and my wife's like, let's get on the bus. And we're like, yes, we got back on the public bus and we rode back to the resort town and then stayed in our hotel room and peered out the window for three days because we were so scared. So manly, Jim. I was ready to fight. I know. I, I was know. ready to throw down. But I said, my wife's like, don't you want to hold the backpack? Like as if I was going to use it as a weapon. Like, no, it's got the camera in there. Like I didn't want to break the camera. By swinging it at no, somebody? No, because if you're holding the backpack, you can't grab onto me. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty much what it what it was. But that was probably... I'm scared. The, that was go. one of the scariest moments yeah. of my life. Wow. So. I did not have anything like that. That was bad. Uh, so that, was the, that was the only really bad thing. Well, that wasn't even really bad, but that was a long time ago, too. I got a little extra sun. I didn't need it. Oh, uh, the final night. I'm sorry. The ACDC cover band was very good. Mexi DC. Yes. That that wasn't really their name, but that's what I called them. Then the next night, I was so pissed because they were having like a superhero adventure show Ooh, that'd be with fun. like Batman and all this stuff. But the restaurant that we went to was so slow. Like they gave us had to be one of the bus boys for our waiter who took our took our order. Yeah. Took a long time writing everything down. Then we never saw him again. And then that was that. Yeah. And so No tip for you. Yeah. By that time oh no, they still tipped. I didn't tip. Um by that time the show had started and everything, and we had to run over to the store there to get some supplies or whatever. And I went and stood in the lobby because the show was going on, but if I couldn't see any of it, I didn't want to see, see it. Sure. If I couldn't see all of it, I didn't want to see any of it. I hear so you, I man. just had to pout. All right. Well, on that note, man, let's get out of here. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, this has been Cigars and Conversations with Derek St. Holmes Esquire. I'm your co-host, Jay Gilke. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Peace.